0: Thank you for listening to The Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at TLCKCMO.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. Clap your hands and magnify the Lord Jesus. Don't you love him this morning? What an incredible atmosphere we've had this weekend. We worship the name of the Lord Jesus. amen praise the lord everybody what an incredible conference it has been and incredible words of the lord incredible demonstration so many people healed what an awesome time to be living for god i give honor to bishop and pastor justin gleason we love you so much Won't you clap your hands for your pastor your bishop incredible leadership in our movement and in this local city and state there's so many things that Bishop has done for this for this movement, and I'm so thankful for him. Give honor to him and his family, Brother Caleb Herring, incredible preacher who's gonna close it out today. And uh, I'm so thankful to be a part of passing the mantle. Honor to my wife and my kids for all that they have done behind the scenes for the kingdom of the Lord. I I feel uh woke up this morning feeling a little shift here. Genesis chapter 41. We're going to read verses 14 through 16. It's funny, we were, uh, we were going to flip it here. I was supposed to go second, and our flight is pretty early. And so Brother Caleb Herring is going to hit the ball out of the park. So God shifted my assignment, I think, from what I was supposed to do to what I'm supposed to get on base now. So I'm going to try to get on base for Brother Herring. I might strike out. But if I strike out, I'm just going to blame the flight. Genesis 41. Verses 14 through 16. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And I want to talk to you from the subject this morning. You're on your way. You're on your way. Lord Jesus, thank you for all the things you've already done. Thank you that this day is going to be a day of supernatural wonders and incredible atmospheres and incredible breakthroughs and revelation. I pray today that you would cover this entire service. Use all of us, God, I pray, to fulfill your will. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. You would speak to every situation, every man, every woman, every boy and every girl, and you would use us for your glory in Jesus' name. And somebody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. The words you all want to hear. The spirit world recognizes you from your destiny, not your circumstance. In other words, heaven and hell, when they think of your name, they think of what you are ultimately supposed to do in life, not what you're currently going through. Let me give you an example. When Moses was born... The word got out that a deliverer was loose and Pharaoh killed all the babies because there was a deliverer in the land. He was just a baby, but his destiny was to be a deliverer. And so hell murdered all the babies because they heard about somebody's destiny of being a great deliverer. Hell will always attack you on where you're going, not where you're at. I want to talk to you already. I feel the anointing that quickly. Hell will always fight you on where you're headed, not what you're going through now. So sometimes you're fighting battles that seeming overwhelming to you because of what you're currently anointed to do. But the battle that you're fighting is not based on where you're at. It's based on where you're headed. And that's why they can't stand it because you're going to have an ultimate destiny beyond your dilemma. When Herod found out that somebody was born king of the Jews, he killed all the babies also because someone was born king. It's just a baby, but his destiny is to be king. And so Herod did everything he could to murder the children and stop the destiny of Jesus, which he could not do obviously. Because when you are destined to do something great for God, they will fight you and they will afflict you. But if you stay with it, you will fulfill every Everything that God's called you to do do not quit do not walk away you have something great to do for the kingdom of God so they recognize you from where you're headed they fight you on what you're supposed to do and sometimes it's overwhelming and, and so you get a you get a glimpse of your destiny you might have a an inkling of an idea of what you're supposed to do for God and hell begins to war on that destiny for everything they fight you and you're trying to figure out why do I go through so much because they're trying to stop you ultimately from getting to the place or to becoming the person that God wants you to become and so the problem is you have a warfare for your destiny and now you've got anxiety on how to get there because once you get a glimpse of something beyond where you are you have to do something to get to that place and so it's frustrating when you're warring for something you're not even there to receive yet but you want to get there and you can't make it happen as fast as you want is there anyone that knows what I'm talking about I'm fighting something bigger than me, and I'm headed somewhere, and I can't make it happen. But just because I can't make it happen, and just because I'm fighting, does not mean I'm going to throw in the towel. I've got to make up my mind to get up every morning and say I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be a man of God today. I have a destiny. I have a future, and God is with me. There's this pressure to get there before you get there. there there's this pressure to somehow uh, find the channel, find the access, find the connection to get to what God's called you to do. And and when you get into an anxious mentality, you get there too early and, and you, you see the destiny. Now you live in frustration because you know it's there and you're here and in between here and there is every type of warfare and you keep looking i just have to get there but i can't get there and it's frustrating so you start praying and you start fasting and you start trying to get there and, and because once you get a glimpse of destiny you start thinking i've got to i've got to do more than, where, than what I'm doing and, and so I'm trying to somehow find the path to the promised land, find the, the route to my anointing and, and as I'm trying to figure this out, I start consecrating because everyone tells you if God calls you, you got to consecrate and you got to pray and fast and that's how you get there but can I just say that consecration without preparation will always lead you to frustration every single time. I, praying and fasting is definitely, absolutely essential, but it, just because you pray and fast does not mean you'll become what the dream said you'd become. You've got to start preparing for what you want to be when you're not fa- preparation is the pathway to arrive before you arrive if you want someone to open every door for you and you've got to have people make it happen you'll always live frustrated but if you can start preparing for your tomorrow while you're enduring your today you can begin to see that the path is moving now it's frustrating but I'm on my way I'm going through something but I'm on my way Is, well, how do I prepare for what, for what I'm supposed to do? I only have a glimpse of it. I only have a, an inkling. I only have an idea. How do I prepare for it? Preparing is living at your next level before you get there. It's, it's, it's raising your level of living now, not when you get there. Because when you get there, you have to raise your level of living to occupy that dimension. But there's a secret passageway to get to where God wants you to go. And that's preparing for it today while you wait for it tomorrow. There's something about believing it and expecting it and making steps to make it happen. Well, I just think I'm going to be a pastor one day. Then start living like one. start acting like it dress for where you want to go not for what you're doing right now oh i feel the holy ghost it's time to live for where you want to be not what you want to do right now i just want to i want to be this i want i want to do this well then start looking at your examples What are they doing? They're in the position. They're in the slot. They're anointed by God. What do they do that you're not doing? Because you're not just going to all of a sudden be in their position and learn to do what they do. They did what they did to get where they are. And if you do what they did. There's too many young people trying to get stuff but not become what they're supposed to become to get there. And if you'll learn to find the habit of the hero, you can become the hero, but you've got to learn to walk in the pathway of the ones that that are doing what you want to do. Paul said, I die daily. In other words, start making changes. In your personal life. For preparation for your future. Stop being a hypocrite. Oops. Take off the mask. Pun intended. Find a way to raise your level of living. Because it's a victim mentality that always is dreaming of tomorrow. Waiting on God. As soon as someone realizes I can sing, I'm going to be up there singing. I'm so anointed, but they don't have a clue. Yeah, we have a clue of your spirit. That you want exaltation, you want the platform, but not the altar. We got it. Young people, be careful, because the stage of Youth Congress is not your destiny. Heaven is your destiny. We've got too many dreamers of, well, can I just say it like I feel? I'm hearing it across the movement, and I'm going to say it. We've got too many young people that know their call because they have a vision or a dream of thousands of people watching them sing or preach. Oh, I had a dream and there was five million people in the audience and I was up there. No, you had a dream of being seen. Where's your, where's the young person that said, I had a dream that I was teaching a Bible study to somebody. I think I'm called. Where's the, I, I had a dream of me going on a fast. I think I'm called. I had a dream about me having a prayer life, like verbal bean, I think I'm called. That's how you get there. Well, if I can just, I just had this vision and everybody was watching me. Yeah. Go ahead, Lucifer. Tell me more. I'm sorry. I'm doing bad. Tell me more, Satan. How does that work? Well, I was just being exalted. No, that's not the destiny. It might be part of it if you get the right spirit. But your destiny is to change the world, impact the world, not impress the world. As long as your mission is to impress your peers and everyone around you, you're not on a God-called mission. God calls you to impact the world. Do something that changes everybody's life. at your next level what does your pastor do that you need to do stop being lazy I'm just going big or going, I'm going home so I'm just going big before I go home well I got all these great callings but I just can't seem to pray you don't want to talk to me dude we don't want to hear anything about what you have to say until you pray because if you pray it'll be from god and if you don't pray it'll be from you i want to hear i want to hear from someone that's put their life on the altar so they can impact my world i don't need your opinion i need to feel the anointing of god come in the atmosphere when you speak to me Somebody say, prepare. Prepare. You're going somewhere. Tell your neighbor, you're on on your way. Live a life of production, not a life of perversion. I got one hand clapping, it's still true. Sorry to hit you right where you are. It's time to live a life that produces. Well, I've got all these things I want to do and I never accomplish. Start writing out a list the night before. I just tell you how how things work you read some books about how people that are successful do things they always plan out the day you can't step into tomorrow and react to everything hell is reactionary heaven is creative if you want to walk in heavenly anointing you have to have a creative bone in your body that plans out your tomorrow before you get there Goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you're always reacting, you'll never accomplish anything. It's time to prepare for your tomorrow. Start writing your list down. What do you want to do for God? What do you want to be for God? Start preparing for your future. That little thing right there about at night, writing out your list for the week or for the next day, that'll change your life. You'll accomplish more in the next seven days. Because you're preparing in advance. Someone say, make changes. Live like you're being watched. Take it more seriously. You want to be a preacher dressed like one? Oh, it's quiet. I'm going to get it. I'm going (laughs) to sign. I'm a, I'm, I'll be trans, I like to be transparent because that way you know I'm not rebuking you. I'll rebuke me and then we'll rebuke you. My wife goes to Starbucks a while, a while back, comes home she says, hey, guess what? I said, what? She said, the guy that took our order? I said, yeah, my order? She said, what's his name? I said, uh, probably Garrett. Yeah, Garrett. She said, you know, he, you know what he told me this morning? I said, no. She said, he said, good morning, preacher's wife. She said, isn't that cool? I said, I'm convicted. She said, why? I said, that should happen more often. I looked nice and, and I went home and I began to do an inventory. I said, why do people not think I'm a preacher all the time? And it hit me. I don't dress like one all the time. My pastor walks around in a suit every day. It's easy to make fun of those people, but you know who he is when you see him. And I'm sitting there praying. God opened a door for me to pastor and God's saying, why don't you try living like one before you get the door? so guess what I feel silly every day but I put the suit on because I've made up my mind I want to live not just dream I want it to actually happen not just daydream about it well one day well I want to be a millionaire why don't you start saving some money then if you really want to do something for God why don't you prepare for where you're at So we rebuked me, so it's your turn. Well, I got some arms folded and some eyes glazed with anger and fire right now. I'm going to come after the guys. We expect our ladies to dress holy while we look like bums. talking about going to the gym we all work out i get it well some of us work out but i'm saying you want the girls to look holy and yes that's the bible but that doesn't give you excuse to look like a loser everywhere you go either because their witness is visible stop being an undercover anointed man of god you're a man of god show it i'm not getting most of you it's okay You want to do something prepare for what you want to be stop expecting everyone to open the door for you stop expecting everyone to do it for you you're not a beggar you're a believer you've got something to do for god we all you know we quote the verse no women are supposed to look holy and men are supposed to everywhere lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting We don't even do that very good. When's the last time you lifted your hands in public praying? Bishop does. That's why he's Bishop. That's why I'm still an evangelist. You wanna be what Bishop is? Do what Bishop does. Why are we ashamed to lift our hands? I'm just going to say, you're not in Afghanistan. You're not an undercover anointed child of God. Your light cannot shine in Kansas City under the bushel. It's time. If we're going to save the world, we can't just have good church on Sunday. We've got to start being the church every day, everywhere we go. I'm just being real. I hope they may never invite me back, but that's how it is. Make the changes. Go from stepping in it once a week to walking in it all week. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, the Bible said. You know what walking is? Continual stepping. So when you get up and pray tomorrow morning and read your Bible and give your first part of your day to God, that's taking a step. If you only do it Monday, you're not walking with God by next Sunday. You took one step this week. If you want to be walking with God by next Sunday, do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And in one week, you'll be closer to God than where you are, right? I know this is simple, but I'm telling you, if you really want it, stop faking like you want it once a week at church. And say, God, I want it when no one's watching. I want it behind the scenes. I want it when there's no crowd. Well, I'm about to get in trouble on this one. And I'm all for the shouting and dancing. But if you only shout because chicks are watching you. You need to stop your dancing now because it's all for show, bro. Do the dancing in the living room when nobody's around. Then tell me you're anointed. I'm sorry, I lost some shouters on that. Look at me. Why don't you let God look at you, dude? Why don't you do that in the altar when no one's there? Why don't you do that when no one's... And I'm all for it, if it's more than once a week, homie. When you have to have space, when you only shout out when there's a lull lull moment and everyone can hear you, you know who you are, dude. (laughs) Ma'am, that's flesh wanting attention. You're wondering why you're still addicted Tuesdays because you're doing it in front of others for their approval and their impression. You've got to learn to do it when nobody is watching but Jesus and when you do it for Jesus. Yes, David danced before the Lord with all of Israel, but he also did it the whole way back to Israel when nobody was watching him. He did it when no one was there. Can you dance in when, when no one's around? I'm off my notes, but I was driving to take the kids to school a couple months ago. And this dude in front of me was slamming on his brakes and weaving. Stopped at the red light. Light turned green. Didn't go. I see his head bobbing. I'm like, come on, God. I've got to get the kids to school. What's going on with this punk? I pull up beside him. He goes to our church. He's dancing in the car. I got convicted. I was like, this dude don't do it for show at church. Look at him when no one's around. That's what I'm talking about. Have a walk with God in your car. Have a walk with God at your job. Have a walk with God when no one's watching. All right, now to my message. I'm not used to doing this. So, Joseph, Has all these crazy awesome dreams. Sun, moon, 11 stars bowing down to him. That's the first one. Let's just talk about that for a second. That's the most mispreached text I've ever heard. He dreamed the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowed down to him. And because he had 11 brothers, mom and dad, everyone, including his family, and every preacher that I ever heard preach this, has said it was his family bowing down to him in the future. His own family thought that. His own dad said, shall my, shall my mother, shall your mother and I and your brothers fall, bow down before you? Yeah. Here's the problem with that theory. His mom died before the dream came true. Well, that kills that. <laughs> uh, maybe God made a mistake. It was supposed to be you. It was 13 things bowing down. It was 13 years later that he stepped into the destiny. Every dream Joseph interpreted or had involved time. Seven, there are three days, you shall be restored. Three days, you shall, you should, you're going to die. Seven years of feasting, seven years of famine. Every dream with numbers involved time. We misinterpret it because we want to have the definition of our tomorrow today. So everyone's going to bow down to you. No? It has nothing to do with everyone bowing down. In 13 years, the whole world's going to bow down. God gives you the dream. Stop trying to explain it and figure it out. Just start walking with him. So when Joseph dreams it, he tells everybody. You know how young people, you know, we are, every time a door opens, we're like, hey, guess what? God's going to anoint me and elevate me above you. We wonder why the people don't get with us sometimes. We're like, I'm going places you're not. I'm like, kill him. You know that person that's so stuck up that it's like, I've, I've arrived, and you haven't, and you never will. Those people, I can't stand them. I hope I'm being okay in, in this atmosphere. I, well, sorry. Maybe I'm preaching to some of you that aren't doing that. Joseph has these dreams. Hey, guys, everything was bowing down to me. Your stuff was bowing down to me. And he expects them to be happy. Your brothers will never be happy. When you tell them you're going beyond them. Just ask Abel how that works. Even when you don't tell them. People love you till you get above them. Then they hate you. Everyone will love you as long as they're above you. That's good preaching. But the second you go above them and don't need them. They go from loving you to listing you. Kill them. Trash them. Talk bad about her. And he has this stream and he's got this coat of many colors and they can't stand the fact that he's going to do something great so they take the coat throw him in a pit and let me just put this in here right there he was officially on his way we preach that when god starts opening doors you're on your way but in the spirit when all hell breaks loose that's when you're on your way. That's the signal from hell that we know that you're coming. If everything's peachy, they don't know you yet. But if, uh, but if you're fighting demons left and right, they know you're headed somewhere. They know you're going somewhere. Took his coat, dipped it in blood, told dad he was dead, threw him in a pit, no water. And said, you're done. But you cannot kill a dreamer who starts preparing. Sold him into slavery and he started working. Had no choice but to work. Working in Egypt. Working on his way. But the road up is always down. Down to the pit. Down to Egypt. He's working in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife sees him. And she comes and she, you know the story, she wants Him to lay with her, to lie with her. Let me just say this. She was never in the dream. If it's not in the dream, it's probably a distraction. And if you get intimate with your distractions, when you go to your destiny, your distraction goes with you. Because if your distraction starts birthing more distractions you will never enjoy your destiny because your distraction is living in your destiny with you at the same time oh i'm talking to you and so he said no to adultery before adultery was a, even a commandment there's no law yet. Moses isn't even born. There's no Ten Commandments. But Joseph said, that's not right. i got to stay away from her. She, she's somebody else's wife. And Joseph says, no, I'm sorry. And she, she you know the story. And she's coming after him. And God's trying to position him for the destiny. He's ultimately supposed to be in the palace. He's in a, he's in a, 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 a living in a captive in Potiphar's house as a captive. And, and so God's trying to position him to his destiny. That's why he had to go into the pit had to be sold and moved to Egypt. God's moving him. It's almost like God gives you the dream and lets your enemy drive you there. It's almost like hell knows all the checkpoints on the map to your destiny and it takes a demon to drive off. It takes a demon to get you there. They think they're running you into the ground, but they're running you right into everything God said he was going to do for you. See, I'm just going to... Am I okay? In between dream and destiny is nightmares. Chaos. Pain. Suffering. When you get the dream, you think it's going to be awesome. Wow, I'm going there? Thank you. It's like, it's like this. Mary, you're going to have a baby. The Holy Ghost will overshadow you. Joseph, you're going to call his name Jesus. Oh my goodness. Me of all people... Yep, you. I am Gabriel. You're having a conversation with Gabe. Like Pretty cool moment, I'm just saying. Oh, by the way, when you get pregnant, no one will believe you. Your boyfriend will want to dump you. When you have the baby, all the other babies get murdered because of your baby living. And, and then when you have the baby, they're going to want to kill your baby. So you're going to have to leave town, leave the state, leave the country, move to a different nation. Oh, you're going to have the baby in a stable, by the way. You're going to burn them on the ground. And you're going to have to live in a different nation till the king dies. When your son is 12, you're going to lose him in a crowd of thousands of people and lose your mind thinking you've lost the Messiah. When when he's 33 years old after your husband is already dead your son will be publicly executed naked in front of the entire world do you still want the dream? but if you endure that on the day of Pentecost you'll get him inside of you again and you won't just carry him for nine months you'll carry him the rest of your life and he'll live inside of you That's the destiny. So she, he says, no, I'm not. And and you know the story. She tries to lead him to lie with her and he takes off running and she grabs his coat. Now I'm paying attention because this is the second time he's graduated and the second time he's had his coat removed. It's almost like when you go to the next level, there's a stripping There's a removal. And now he's sentenced to prison. And the dungeon, which is beneath the king's palace. He's underground. Hell has buried him alive. He's 28 years old. 11 years working as a captive. And now he's a prisoner. And he's never getting out. And you want to talk about begging. He, he even started begging, Bishop. When people had dreams and they were getting promoted and getting out of prison, he'd say, hey, don't, don't, don't forget me. Hey, tell somebody about me. Hey, I got an awesome gift. I can, don't forget me. If there's, if there's anything I can never do in the palace, hey, let me. If, if anything ever opens up, would you tell them I'm, I'm, I'm innocent? And two years go by. He's 30. Oh, this is awesome. And Pharaoh has a dream, and nobody can interpret it. And the guy that Joseph interpreted his dream in the prison hears about Pharaoh's dream. And he remembers Joe. And he said, wait a second. There's this kid under the ground, buried alive. Because when hell thinks they bury you, they're actually planting you. Because you couldn't be in a better spot, dude. You're right under the palace. Look at God. Well, I'm overwhelmed. Do you know what's right above you? Sometimes you feel like the demons are bearing you alive. And what's hovering right above you is the greatest miracle you could ever expect. But you have to get in the right position. And you've got to get underneath the palace to get to the palace. You're sitting there. And they said, the king wants you. Two things I want to show you. The first one you're going to get. The second one, maybe not. He takes off his coat. Because Joseph has now learned, when I go to the next level, I have to leave this one. Shaved himself. I read that. I thought he shaved his face. You read? I want to dwell here, so I'm going to prepare. Shut up. In my prison for my palace, and I'm going to look silly to the prisoners as I'm shaving my head but I don't intend to come back after this encounter with the king. I plan on getting promoted. I want to tell some young person, it's time to plan for your promotion. And it's time to say, when when I leave passing the mantle, I'm not leaving the same way and going back to who I used to be. I'm about to step into my future. I'm about to step into my destiny. doing Joseph you look so silly bro well I saw how the butler looked I saw how the baker looked I see how they all look I want to do something besides be a prisoner I don't have anything to offer him except showing him physically I want to belong here. Stop trying to resist the standard of the palace. You're delaying your own destiny. I, I don't have anything. I don't feel like I belong. I don't, I don't feel like everybody else here. I don't feel like I connect. I don't feel, I feel like they're above me. I'm just going to make a minor change. Can I just say, a minor change will bring major favor. Joseph said, I know I look silly to everybody around me, but I don't plan on hanging with them anymore. What do you mean you're carrying your Bible everywhere, bro? Dude, what are you doing? Why are you dressing like that? I have a destiny. What is it? I don't know, but it's called, oh, you're You're crazy. Maybe so, but you don't know what I've been through. And dreaming has done nothing for me. So I'm going to go from dreaming to preparing. And just believe that if I step out one time and I'm prepared, that the king will recognize me and say, I've got a place for him. I've got a place for her in the palace that she can fulfill. Here we go. Ready? Steps out. He looks the part. He only had prison clothes to wear, Bishop. It wasn't like he went from putting, taking off the prison coat to putting on the coat of many colors again. He was just changing prison clothes. He knew that just changing clothes was not enough. He had to do something to show the king, I want to be here. And Pharaoh looked at him and said, I hear you in, er, interpret dreams. And he said, it's not in me. I have a God. He brought me through the pit he brought me through the lies and the accusations and the attacks and he's carried me into prison he's been there when no one was there for me and he's he's kept me in the dark and and if he talks to me he'll he'll give it to you and and here what's he tells him the dream and joseph nails it boom seven years is going to be feasting followed by seven years of famine and he's supposed to speak that and go back to his prison cell but you see when you've prepared there's always more that unfolds in the moment than you thought would happen. And he said, I, I just believe uh, that, that if you just have somebody, Pharaoh, that can that can do this in the seven years of feasting and save 20% of everything, uh, that during the famine you'll have so much stuff that you'll won't, you won't run out of stuff. Watch this. He just went from I understand your dream to I'm willing to unite to your dream. Here's your revelation. He's not discussing his dream at all still. 13 years of the stuff bowing down, nothing. But when he understands leadership's dream. And he said, I'll do whatever I have to do to make your dream happen, Bishop. Because you're in charge. Yes, I've got my own dreams. Yes, I've got my own destiny. But I'm not there and I can't make it happen. Because the pathway to making your dreams happen is making others' dreams happen. Well, I'm not, I hope I'm helping you. Because if I can unite to your dream, you will unlock my dream and you will help me get to where I'm supposed to go. Pharaoh said, put him second in command. Give him my chariot. Give him all these things. Change his clothes. Watch this. The Bible said all of Egypt bowed the knee. In the dream, it was just a few things, but but in reality, the whole world. Because when God gives you the dream, it's only a portion of the destiny that he has for you. But to get from dream to destiny, you've got to start preparing. Do what you don't want to do. Do what you don't. Pray the prayer you don't want to pray. Give up the thing you don't want to give up. Let go of the thing you don't want to let go of. Be the person that you know you have to be. Stand to your feet. Go shut up. It's time to stop daydreaming and start planning. Well, I want to be a preacher's wife. How does a preacher's wife act? Preacher's wives don't flirt with everybody in the room. Conduct myself That's why when people come to the altar, they've had all these dreams and plans, but when they put God first, the king's dream matters. What does the king want to do? I'm all in. Here's proof. What can I do to help? What can I do to be a part? Stop making pastor beg for volunteers. You should be volunteering everywhere you can. What can I do to be in? Well, how'd you get to become, how'd you get to preach these things? I'll tell you how. You live in a Sunday school classroom when you're a little kid. Your mom and dad lose their home. We had to put a, mom took Christmas lights and made the shape of a tree on the wall with nails. And guess what? Every, every, every Saturday before church. Sunday, when we had 40 people or 50 people, guess who got to clean the church? We did. Guess who had to play all the music? We did. And and I'm not, and that's awesome. But as a kid, you know, no one really wants to hear the 10-year-old drummer. I'm just being real. I'm I'm sorry. If you're a 10-year-old drummer, we love you, but we're enduring you. It's like the tambourine player, you know, the one that brings her own tambourine. That was not requested. We we're, were all praying to go deaf. Can't even clap on beat. This is my gifting. No, it's not your gifting. You're tormented. I'm sorry. Someone's really mad right now. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And please take your tambourine home. and bury it in your yard (laughs) so your dog doesn't wanna go deaf. I'll tell you how you you can do it, and I'm not even aware. I have a dream, and Bishop knows about it, what I feel I've called to do. It's not there, but I'm preparing best I can. I'm getting ready. I can't make it happen. I, I can't make the connections. I can't have people, I can't do it. All I can do is train. The Navy SEALs are the greatest soldiers in the world. They train like no one else. Behind the scenes, before the battle, you have to prepare. When everyone else wants to binge watch stuff, you've got to be in the Word. When everyone else wants to just be lazy, you've got to get up and pray. There's days you can't do it. I get it. We're all tired. But we've got to try to go beyond. Stop waiting on God. to. Year. How many passing the mantles are going to go by before you start stepping toward what you're called to do? Every head bowed. Every eye closed. I hope I didn't ruin it for Brother Caleb. But I tell you right now in the Holy Ghost that this... Will be a moment of preparation. And God's gonna start speaking creative things and ideas to several of you this week. Things that you're supposed to do. What you're gonna be doing in training will not look like what someone beside you is gonna be called to do. There's gonna be things some are gonna have to do uh, with their mind. Some are gonna to do things physically. Some are gonna have to start adding things when it comes to consecration. Some are gonna be doing things in a whole different manner, letting some things go. Uh, but the Lord is telling you this is the pathway to your palace. And you can stop making excuses and stop blaming the church and stop blaming others for not hooking you up. I am willing to walk with you to it, but you've got to make the preparation when no one's around. If you're ready for this, would you raise your hands and would you ask the Lord right now, would you begin to help me? Would you begin to prepare me? Take me beyond where I am. I don't want to just dream about it and tell everybody my dream while I'm not preparing. I don't want to have to have things stripped from me every time I'm going to the next level. Help me to understand when levels are changing what I'm supposed to do. Help me to understand when you remove things, it's because you're about to reveal things. Help me to understand when you're taking people away from me It's because you're about to take me to new people. Help me to understand where I am.